On today's episode, I spoke with Victoria Onyege about conversion copywriting. And more specifically, we dove deeper into how companies can actually write copy that converts better on their sites and emails and anywhere else where they have marketing copy. So let's dive right into the episode. So if, if you wouldn't mind, as we kind of get started, giving a little bit of context on what you are building, what you, what you do as a marketer, and then we can kind of move on from there and talk specifically copywriting and get a little bit deeper. Okay, so generally I am a copywriter. And of course, with copywriting comes also a wider knowledge of marketing. So I help coaches, I help consultants, I help e-com brands, sales brands. I've basically worked in many multiple niches and I help them to write copy. Things that revolve around lead generation, sales conversion, conversion rate optimization. That's around like what I am working on. And I also have a newsletter, a marketing newsletter that targets coaches, consultants, and e-com brands. So it basically shows them different ways to grow their business using trends in sales, in marketing, and all of that. I'm also an AI enthusiast. So like I, I use ChatGPT, I use Claude, I use... There is another one. I'm trying to remember the name right now, but I just want to stay on top of the trends in the market. So I invest in coaching, in mastermind, in memberships to just make sure that I stay on top of the trends in marketing and copyright in general. So on the copywriting side, when, when clients come to you, what is the most common problem that they're having that you feel can be solved through copywriting? One of the most common problems is that they have traffic maybe on their websites or they have people in their, uh, on their email list, but they're not getting as much conversion as they wish that they were. Maybe they're making some sales, but they want to make more sales. They want to be able to boost their conversion rate. They want to see more of the, most of their leads turning into clients and they want to make sure that they are maximizing the traffic that they are getting. So, and specifically for conversion copywriting, what, how do you view that differently than maybe just general writing copy? When, when you're talking about optimizing for conversions, what are the specific copy elements that you are looking at that usually make the most impact? Okay, so generally writing copy, there are some times that people just create content on social media platforms, maybe because they just want to boost brand awareness. They want many more people to know about them, but they're not asking them to take any action at all. But when it comes to conversion copywriting, you want to get people to take a specific action, whether it is to download your lead magnet or to buy what you're selling, whatever the case may be. And one of the things that I really look out to is checking out the headline or the opening, let's say maybe the email subject line. Another thing is the lead. The lead is usually like the first 50 to 600 words of copy. Because that's what determines if you're going to be able to sustain their, their attention long enough to get them to take action. So these are one of the things that I look at. There are so many other things, but these are really the key ones. Because if you can't sustain their attention, then it's easier to lead them to the sale. I, I want to talk audience as well here. As, as you have people come in to get copywriting, you're obviously going to come across many different industries and audiences and different people. What, what are the specific checkboxes that you need to know about a company's audience before you can write effective copy for them? What are the things that you need to know about their audience? Okay, so one of the things that I love to know about the client audience is that they are active. If you have an email list, I want it to be like maybe you've been sending emails to that list. It will have a higher chance 
of improving your conversion rate. It's different maybe when you have an email list and you haven't mailed them maybe in the past 18 months and you just want to pop out of somewhere and then start promoting a campaign. It's not, you are not going to get the exact same results as if you are marketing to an active audience. But there are ways to go around this because there are ways to re-engage an audience. But I generally look out for what will help me to get an easy win, a quick win for the client. And that's having an active audience. It could be an audience of warm buyers, of hot buyers, or maybe even warm leads that they just got into the funnel, even if they haven't bought anything yet, but it still works. And then on the, you know, demographics, firmographics side of, of the audience, what are, what are you looking to know to really understand how to communicate that action that you want them to take? What, what do you, what research do you do to, I guess, come to know that audience so that you can resonate with them? Okay. So I do a lot of research because it helps me to come up with a marketing angle. There are some times that the tool that you use, maybe for instance, in maybe selling to um, how do I put it? Like maybe to women, sometimes it's not exactly the same tone that you use in selling to men. And it's sometimes not exactly the same tone that you use if you're selling to the same audience. Because I had an experience writing for a real estate marketing agency in the US. And then initially, when I got started with the project, I tried to use like soft, informal, friendly, conversational tone to kind of like build a rapport and slowly lead them to the sale. But it wasn't long before I realized that it's a different rule for that market. You have to go a little bit hard. It's not really as much as soft sale. So you have to go a bit hard to actually push them to take action because of the competition and so many other things in that market. How do you think about using data and analytics to inform the copy that you write? That's really important because data and analytics is really what helps me to measure and know if my copy is hitting the key performance indicators. Because you can just be writing copy and if, you're, if there is no way to really know how it's performing, what is the CPA, what is the CPA, what's the, you know, like the cost per acquisition, let's say in the case of ads and maybe the conversion rate and all of that. So one of the things that I do is that I check how many people are coming in contact with the copy. Are they taking the actions that um, I want them to take? At what point do they take the action? Let's say you have CTA in different positions of the copy. Using advanced analytics can let you know, did they take the action maybe three seconds in, five minutes in, two minutes in? So it helps me to know what parts of the copy to tweak and to optimize. If I'm writing emails and the email is getting open, but it's not getting enough clicks, that means the subject line is not the problem. But the body of the email or how I close the email might be what needs some tracking. So I generally use like how they react, the percentage of customers that are taking the action that I want them to take at, at what point and at, at what time they're taking it to actually decide what is working, what is not working and to decide what I should improve. Do any examples come to mind of specifically using a time where data actually changed the way that you wrote for a client or changed how you resonated with an audience? Oh, okay. I remember an example. And this example, actually, it was cold email sequence. That was, I was targeting founders. I was targeting marketing directors. I was targeting decision makers in the hospitality niche for a client. The client was selling a software as a service software to that, to the audience. And one of the things that I noticed, I was, I realized that how people in a particular location 
responded to the emails were different. The open rate for audience in the U.S. was different for the, for the open rate for those that were opening the emails from Europe. So it really helped me to realize what subject lines was working more for each one, what type of CTA was working more for each one, and to work the subject lines, the CTAs, the body of the email, so that I will optimize the response that I am getting in line with the client's goal. So taking, taking a step back, when you are working with a new client, what, what are some of the common, I guess, for lack of a better word, like bad practices that you see them using in their current writing? And how do you usually try to overcome those things? Okay, one of the things that I have seen with some clients is that they assume a lot about their audience. You know, they just think that maybe because they had experience prior in that niche, they don't take time to do in-depth research. So one of the things that I do, first of all, I ask the client's question. Then I do voice-to-customer research. I do extensive research. I check forums. I check groups. I check the comments that their audience are leaving in strategic places to really understand the language that the audience, the language they are using to describe their problems. So that the client is not just writing what they think the target audience wants to read without actually writing what they really know that will resonate with them. So that's one of the places that I see a lot of cli clients drop the ball. They don't do enough research. Some of them, they just do a little bit of research and then they write on assumptions. Well, walk us through what your voice of customer research actually looks like. What's the step-by-step -step and the things that you look at so that on the end, you, you know exactly how to talk to those people? Okay, so one of the things that I do is that I ask them questions. And sometimes it could even be, sometimes, it doesn't always have to be video interview in some occasions. I can just like maybe send random questions, maybe reach out to a connection, send random questions that feel mostly, more like a chat because sometimes people are not always honest when it comes to service. So that's one thing. So I ask them questions to actually get how they are feeling, to get like the root of their problem, what they really want. Because they can tell you one thing, but there is something else that is powering that desire. So let's say that maybe a customer wants to increase their leads because they want to boost their business revenue. Sometimes behind boosting that business revenue is that they want to be able to afford luxury vacations. Maybe they also want them to have the time freedom to do what they want to do when they want to do it. So I just try to ask the right questions and deeper questions that will really help me to get what they're looking for and how they want to feel. Because one of the things that makes copy effective is building an emotional connection. So if you are able to like, if I'm able to frame the copy in a way that makes them feel what they really want to feel. If it's maybe an audience that is struggling with weight loss, they want to feel confident. They want to feel proud of themselves. They want to be able to maybe to walk in rooms that they would usually be shy, walking into and feel bold and have and turn faces and turn heads and all of that. And then another thing that really works for me, I spend lots of time on Reddit because you see people venting, looking for solutions. And it's usually unscripted questions and answers and explanations around what they're experiencing. And I see a lot of useful information that always helps me because then in that case, I am able to reflect back what the customer is feeling to them. I'm able to feel the empathy that will help me to showcase those emotions in the copy enough to establish the connection that will lead them to the sale. Along those lines of con connecting them with an emotion, 
How do you think about balancing storytelling and conversion copywriting? Because I guess there's two things at play with direct response copy or conversion copy. You're trying to be clear above everything else. But then storytelling can add, you know, extra words, extra, more emotional dialogue on, onto that. How do you think about balancing those two concepts? Okay, so one thing is the storytelling is one of the most effective ways to get copy to convert more. So if there is any true story of the client's former, um, of my client's former customers or clients, or maybe the client's own transformational or origin story, whatever the case may be, stories work in lots. And one of the things I do when it comes to storytelling is knowing when to pivot. Because there are times that you are telling a story and you get into a long, wider story that you don't even get to know when you should lead them to the same. So the rule number one is that you don't have to say everything. You just have to frame the story in a way that resonates with your audience because the story has to be relevant. You don't have to go into a rigorous backstory that doesn't even concern the client or the prospect, the, the target audience. So one of the things that I know is that one, you don't have to tell everything. There are proven frameworks that help stories to convert, which is usually the before, the bridge and the after. So it's more like understanding their struggle then how they, how bad it got, maybe the other solutions that they searched for, then leading them slowly to the climax, to where the tension builds up and then to the resolution and making sure to present the product or the service as the client, as the bridge from the climax to the resolution and then leading that to the sale. So not adding everything and knowing when to move from the story to the sale. You had mentioned earlier how you like to keep up with market trends. You, you use AI. Let's talk about that a little bit here. In what, in what ways do you use AI? Like, what do you actually trust tools like ChatGPT to do well? One of the things that I trust it to do well is to give me a solid, like, you know, like ideas. It gives you multiple ideas. If you're able to use AI well, because when I when AI came out, I was not like when it came out, because AI has been around. But you know, like when ChatGPT became really popular, I was one of those people that was kind of living in denial. I felt like no, it can't replace how we think. It can't replace the intelligence, the genius of copywriters who've read books, who've written so much copy, who've you know. I don't know, we've been immersed in the industry, so I felt like no. But then with time. I started seeing some really top A-list copywriters using ChatGPT. That was when I told myself, I guess I need to stop and look. There is something there. Then I started trying to play with ChatGPT. I was getting some results. I got a few prompts. And then later I joined a membership, a membership copywriting mentorship by a, a top copywriter. And then I saw the advanced ways that we are using ChatGPT, using 2,000 word prompts. It was really fascinating. And I started learning it. I started using it. I started learning how to prompt ChatGPT myself without relying on pre-made prompts. And the results I got, they were really amazing. I couldn't even believe them myself as a copywriter. So I understood that ChatGPT can give me lots of ideas. And when used right, it could give you a workable first draft. But then you now have to edit it and, you know, like just add a little bit of the human touch. But when used right, ChatGPT is really incredible. I use GPT-4, I use Claude, I use their, I think, Perplexity AI. Those are the AI tools that I really use and they work really well. On the, on the flip side. I still bring my own Teddy first. Of course. On the flip side of that, what are the, what are the things that you would not trust AI to do still? 
One of those things, when it comes to facts, finding and fact checking, AI can really give you, can falsify facts. There are times that maybe they would give you a stat or they will give you a quote or a reference or something. And when you start verifying, you realize that it's actually false. So I always have to double check and make sure that whatever facts that AI is giving me is actually true. And then another thing is that I'm not going to let AI to do my final editing for me. I still need to go through it, see how to improve the flow, and, you know, just add a lot of those things that really make me a copywriter. So these are the top two that I won't let ChatGPT to do for me. And while I use ChatGPT to start my market research, I still do a lot of market research because it helps me to feel those emotions in I don't like in first person, instead of just having AI curate information from around the web and give me. So I use it, but I still do my own research as well. Last question here. If you could have one broad piece of advice to give to your ideal client. So a company that needs copywriting help, what's the piece of advice you would give them if they were trying to do this for themselves? If they're trying to do this for themselves, Okay, I guess one piece of advice that I'm going to give them is that if they really want to have that position in their company where they get to do the copy themselves, then they should take a little bit of time to understand what makes good copywriting. Because sometimes it's a minor tweak that can skyrocket your conversion rates. And copy is very important in a business because copy is like the bridge between what brings in lead flows, what converts your leads into clients. And these two things are like the lifeblood of every business. That's what keeps you in business. So if you are going to do it, at least do it right. And if you don't have that time or if you are just running on assumptions and you don't have that time to do it really thoroughly, then you can actually outsource it to someone else that can do it because you can be getting good enough results with your copy. But then doing it right can be the difference between maybe having maybe a 50% to a 94% conversion rate. Copies sometimes can act as much as that. So it really depends. 